Good morning and welcome to Sunday Morning with Love in Action. I am Ken Tuck. Ah, thank you for joining me this morning. I hope your weekend is going well and that you're ready to get into the Word of God this morning. And I'm extra excited about this morning. Why? Well, I'm always excited about teaching the Word of God. And why I'm extra excited this morning is because I've recorded this message, this edition of Sunday Morning with Love in Action, from our new studio in Dothan. That's right. We have a small studio at Love in Action now. It's part of our Love in Action School of Discipleship. There was a small room that would make a perfect little studio to record Sunday Morning with Love in Action, to record the Love in Action minutes that you hear on the Joy FM. And to do more things, we'll be adding some video blogs and more blogs to our Love and Action blog, which you can subscribe to on Podbean, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can get the Love and Action podcast there. And when we start doing the video podcasts, we will put them on YouTube, Facebook, and so forth. And I'm just thankful for this opportunity. The studio isn't done yet. We're still working on it. But it's to the point to where I can now start recording out of it, so I'm just excited about that and very thankful about that. This morning, I'm going to teach about the Great Commission. And if you have heard me teach, if you've been listening to this program for any amount of time, you know I often teach on the Great Commission. There's just so much to God's Word. We can just dig in deeper and deeper to it, and that's what we're going to do. Uh, We won't get through all of this teaching today. I know it will take at least two Sundays to do this, maybe more. We'll see. However the Holy Spirit leads us, we're going to just really dig into the Great Commission, and I pray that you get something out of it. I pray that you get encouraged to want to be about our Father's business and doing the Great Commission, making it a lifestyle. If you're listening and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then I pray today is your day that you give your life to Jesus. That's the most important decision we will ever, ever make. Eternity depends on it. So I'm just praying that you call out to Jesus and give him your life and believe in him. And he tells us to repent of our sins, which means to turn from our ways, turn to him and ask him to forgive us. And he will. And he will cleanse us and he will save us completely and Give us eternal life. So I'm praying for you this morning. And speaking of prayer, before we get into the Word of God, let's go to our Heavenly Father in prayer. Abba Father, we praise you. We thank you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity to share your Word on the radio. Lord, what an awesome blessing it is, Lord, that we can proclaim your gospel. And many, many ears will hear all over the tri-state region, Father, and, and even on the Internet around the world people can tune in. And God, I pray for those who are just seeking you, Lord. I pray that you will lead them to come across the dial this morning on the Joy FM or to just come across it on on the internet and can live stream it and just listen to your word, Lord, and be encouraged to know that you love them, that you want to save each and every person. We just have to believe and call out on your name, Jesus. You tell us to confess that you are Lord and to believe in our hearts that God raised you from the dead and we shall be saved. So, Lord, I am praying for people to make that decision this morning. And I pray for believers, God. I pray that this morning's message will just touch their hearts to want to fulfill your great commission in their lives. Lord, you command us to do so, and it's an awesome and wonderful command, Father God. And we just want to be about our Father's business. And it's not a salvation of works, God. We know we can't do enough works to get to heaven. But, Lord, when we give our lives to you and we experience your love, your salvation, your forgiveness, your grace, we can't help but to live for you. 
And fulfilling the Great Commission is an awesome lifestyle. There's nothing like it. So, Father, I just ask that you guide us and direct us through this time. Holy Spirit, teach us. And I pray that we will all be doers of your word and not hearers only. And it's in your name, Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. We serve an awesome God, don't we? He is so awesome. I love him so much. And I love his word. Praise God that he gave us his word. And I just encourage you to be in his word daily. If you're not, start making that a new habit. And if you are, continue. And just dig into it and let the Holy Spirit teach you as you go. The Great Commission is going to be our focus today. And the reason why I like to focus on the Great Commission is, one, that's just, man, I'm just so fired up about the Great Commission. It's a lifestyle. And if I had a life verse, as people say they have a life verse, which basically means it's their favorite Bible verse or scripture, it's the Great Commission for me. It's just an awesome honor once we realize what Jesus has commissioned us to do. And it's just beyond comprehension that we get to do this. We get to do this for our Lord and Savior. And actually, it's not just for him, but it's with him because he is with us. And we're going to get into all of that. But I just want to preface, why do I continue to teach on the Great Commission? Well, for one, so many Christians don't have a clue about the Great Commission. And we're all commanded to fulfill it. And so as a teacher of the Word of God, I need to teach others about the Great Commission. We need to know about it. We need to know what it is. We need to know how to live it out in our lives and need to understand that we do need to live it out. Listen to these statistics. More than 50% of Christians do not understand what the Great Commission is. Half of all professing Christians don't understand the Great Commission. That is truly concerning, and that's truly sad at the same time. Over 60% may have heard of the Great Commission at some time in their lives, but they don't really recall what it is. So that's the majority of Christians just not understanding the Great Commission, not understanding what it is, much less how to live it out. And another extremely sad fact is this one. Over 90%, depending on which study you look at, of professing Christians have never shared their faith. Over 90%. And that just blows my mind because how can we not share our faith after we have experienced Jesus, after we have experienced his saving grace, his mercy, his forgiveness, his love? I just don't understand how we can't share him with others. But that's the sad facts. And that's why I will continue to teach on the Great Commission until the day I die or until the day our Lord Jesus Christ comes back to take us home. And it's not just teaching the Great Commission, but we got to live it. So I'm preaching and teaching to myself, too, as, as we go along. And again, I just thank God for his word that he gives us everything we need to know. And why do we need to live out the Great Commission and make it our lifestyle? Well, first of all, Jesus commands us. He's our Lord and Savior. He's our King, and he commands us to do something. We need to do it, and he commands us to fulfill the Great Commission. Secondly, over 41% of the world's population are unreached with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Did you hear that? Over 41% of the world's population is unreached with the gospel of Jesus Christ. When we live in the Bible Belt, or I often call this the buckle of the Bible Belt, because there's so many opportunities to proclaim the gospel. There's churches all over the place. 
We have Christian radio. We have tremendous access to the Bible, not only the physical print version of it, but if you have a smartphone, you can download apps. We just have so many ways to reach people with the gospel that often we may not think about there's other places in the world that has none of that and people are not reached. But I also want to remind you there are people right here in Dothan in the tri-state area that know nothing about Jesus. And I'm talking full-blooded Americans born and raised right here in the U.S. who are just clueless about the gospel. How do I know? Because I've met them. (laughs) There are many out there who just really don't know about Jesus. But then all around the world, there are a lot of people who have never heard the gospel. And according to the Joshua Project, who researches and records the spread of the gospel among unreached people groups. And you really need to check out the Joshua Project, joshuaproject.org. A wonderful place to go to and look at where all the unreached people groups are, and you can just really dive into each people group if you want to and better understand how to pray for them. But according to the Joshua Project, 3.23 billion people in the world are unreached with the gospel. That's 3.2 billion with a B. People around the world are unreached with the gospel. I hope everyone truly understands this, that if a person dies, when they die, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when we die, but if a person dies without believing and trusting in Jesus as their Lord and Savior, they go to hell. That's the simple fact. Hell is real. Heaven is real. And one of those will be our eternal destination. And without Jesus, In our lives here on earth, if we have not given our lives to him, then hell is the eternal destination. Listen to 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, starting in verse 7. When the Lord Jesus Christ will be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flame and fire, dealing out retribution to those who do not know God and to those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus, these people will pay the penalty of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power when he comes to be glorified among his saints on that day and to be marveled at among all who have believed because our testimony to you was believed. So you see that? People who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, do not know God, will have the penalty, will receive the penalty of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord forever and ever and ever. And so when you hear that or when you read that, you have to ask yourself, am I okay with that? I'm not. I don't want anything to do with that. I don't want eternal destruction. I want everlasting life. And that's what Jesus came here to give us. God's not looking to throw people in hell just because you don't like them. No, God loves us all. And he wants us all to come into the knowledge of his son, Jesus Christ, and be saved. That's why there's John three sixteen. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Whosoever, that's everybody. That's you, me, everybody on the face of this earth. All of those 3.23 billion people that don't know him, that have never heard the gospel, he wants to save them. He wants to save you. He wants to save me. And I gave my life to Jesus, praise God, back in 19... 19- 89, and I just praise God for saving my soul and allow me to hear his word and to receive his word and to be saved. 
And that's why we have to be about our Father's business, as I call it, because we need to be about the business of telling people about Jesus. We need to be about showing people his love, his grace, and his mercy because he loves us, and he wants the best for you. He wants the best for me. He wants the best for everyone. Don't have the wrong picture of God. God isn't sitting in heaven with a baseball bat or a club waiting to just hit somebody over the head with it. No, he's there with open arms waiting to receive us into his family because we are all, every man, woman, boy, and girl, we're all his creation, and he created us all after his image. Now he wants us to be part of his family and become one of his children, and we become a child of God when we give our lives to Jesus Christ. Jesus, he tells us in John chapter 14, verse 6, that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You see, Jesus is telling us he's the way. We got to go through him. And I tell you, if you've never experienced Jesus, you are just, why well, you are missing out on life right here on earth. And of course, eternal life, because he tells us that if we will believe in John 3, 16, that we won't perish. And he's talking about spiritually, because we all have a spirit. And if we die without him, then we will perish spiritually. But if we die with him, we will live forever. We will have life, life eternal. And I don't know about you, but that makes me excited. And I praise him that he's my Savior. He's my Lord. I love him so much and thankful that I'll get to thank him for eternity forever and ever. Back to some statistics. There are approximately 17,446 unique people groups in the world. So that's individual people groups that are all over the world, from here in the U.S. to Saudi Arabia to Russia, China, all throughout Africa, all over the world, everywhere. There's that many unique people groups. And 7,400 7, plus of those people groups are considered unreached with the gospel. And that's the 41% of the world's population that's unreached. And of those unreached people groups, 85% of them exist in what's called the 1040 window. So 85% of the 3.23 billion people live in this 1040 window, and I'll explain that in a second. But what's important is less than 10% of missionary work is done in that 1040 window. Less than 10% of all missionary work is done where the most unreached people are. That's got to change. The 1040 window, it's a, if you look at a map, it's a rectangle area of North Africa, the Middle East, and Asia between 10 degrees north and 40 degrees north latitude. So you can look at a map and get your latitudes and longitudes all figured out, and you can draw a rectangle. Or just look up the Joshua Project <laughs> and, and look up the 1040 window uh, on, on the internet, and you can see and read all about it. But this area is often called the resistant belt because it includes the majority of the world's Muslims, Hindus, and Buddhists. And I'm very thankful that here at Love and Action, we are involved in reaching people in some of this area in the 1040 window. There's a lot out there, but I'm thankful God has opened doors for us to share the gospel, to come alongside indigenous pastors and help them reach these unreached people groups. And I'm just very passionate about that because I'm passionate about Jesus, and I'm passionate about seeing people not going to hell but going to heaven. And so when you hear all these stats that I've been giving you, I want to ask you a question. Do you now see the urgency of fulfilling our Lord's great commission. We have to, we must 
be about our Father's business and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ and make disciples as he commands us to. And that's the Great Commission. So let's go to that. Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. The Great Commission is also recorded in Mark 16, verses 15 through 20. And it's, it's about going, it's about making disciples. Mark records some other things that's included in it that Matthew didn't record. So we, that's why it's going to take longer to go through this than just today. But we're going to start out in Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to, to follow all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always through the end of the age. So that's the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28. And let's go ahead and read Mark 16, verses 15 through 20. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. So we see in both Matthew and Mark, Jesus says, go. And we'll get into go more uh, after a while. But go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. The one who has believed and has been baptized will be saved. But the one who has not believed will be condemned. These signs will accompany those who have believed. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will pick up serpents, and they will drink any deadly poison. It will not harm them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. So then, when the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere, while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the word by the signs that followed. So that's the Great Commission recorded in Mark chapter 16. But let's go back to Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. We see Jesus giving us a number of things to do, don't we? But you know there's one command in that Great Commission recorded in Matthew chapter 28. Do you know what it is? It's to make disciples. In the Greek, which Matthew was written in, make disciples is an imperative of the scripture. Now we got to go back to English class. Remember how we did sentence structures? I, I don't even know if they do that now, but it's, I hope so because it's so important to structure sentence. And it wasn't, wasn't our favorite thing to do, I'm sure, but to understand the structure of a sentence gives more meaning to what you read. And so the structure of, the, of this sentence of this scripture makes making disciple an imperative, which means it's the direct command from Jesus to make disciples. That's the direct command from our Lord and Savior. The words go, baptize, and teach are the Greek participles in this scripture. Again, going back to sentence structure, and we're looking at it from the Greek sentence structure. And so that makes it, the words go, baptize, and teach, translated as while going, and baptizing, and teaching. So these participles, go, baptize, and teach, or how we fulfill Jesus' direct command to make disciples. You didn't know you were going to get a lesson in sentence structure today, did you? <laughs> but let me go over that again because I just really want you, want you to understand. In the Great Commission, Jesus gives us the command to make disciples. That's the command here. That's the imperative of this scripture that we just read. It's the direct command of Jesus to make disciples. And so go, baptize, teach. 
they're participles in the scripture in, the, in these sentences. And they are translated into, instead of saying go, it's while going or just going. And baptize is baptizing or teaching. These actions are actually the aspects of the process of making disciples. So the command, make disciples, and the process, how we go about making those disciples, we, we have to go, right? We can't sit still. We have to go, and we have to baptize, and we have to teach. So those are all part of the process of making disciples. I really like what the Bible Exposition Commentary says about the modern-day church and the Great Commission. It reads, In many respects, we have departed from this pattern. In most churches, the congregation pays the pastor to preach, win the lost, and build up the saved, while the church members function as cheerleaders if they're enthusiastic or spectators. The converts are, one, baptized and given the right hand of fellowship, then they join other spectators. How much faster our churches would grow and how much stronger and happier our church members would be if each one were discipling another believer. The only way a local church can be fruitful and multiply instead of growing by additions is with a systematic discipleship program. This is the responsibility of every believer and not just a small group who have been, quote-unquote, called to go. Jesus had opened the minds of his disciples to understand the scriptures. And you can read that in Luke chapter 24, verses 44 through 45. They knew what he wanted them to teach to their own converts. It is not enough to win people to the Savior. We must also teach them the word of God. This is also part of the Great Commission. What this commentary is saying is being a Christian or Christianity is not a spectator sport or a spectator religion. It's about a relationship with Jesus Christ, one-on-one personal relationship with Jesus. It's about following Jesus. It's about being his disciple, his students. And we learn and we're taught the word of God and how to live this life for him and how to go out and reach others. Just look at how he trained his disciples. As we read the gospels, we see he took his disciples out and he taught them and he taught others the Word of God. He also took them out and showed them how to serve, how to minister to others. And he did this because he wanted them to continue after he died, resurrected, and ascended to heaven. He wants us to go, not to sit still, not to be a spectator. A spectator, if you're a, if you're a spectator at a sporting event, you're just watching, right? I mean, you're cheering, yes, and clapping and cheering on your team, but that's not what we're called to do as Christians. Yes, we're going to praise God. We're going to clap and sing and give him honor and glory, but we're not going to be spectators. We have to be part of the game, if you will. We got to be part of what God is doing, and he wants us to be part of it. Does he need us? No, he's God, but he wants us to be because he loves his children, because he is a good father, and he wants us to be part of what he's doing. And I'm so thankful that he is because it is so awesome to be a part of what our Heavenly Father's doing. And they're also writing that commentary about it's not enough just to win somebody to Jesus. 
And too often, that's what takes place is winning people to Jesus. And that's awesome. We got to do that. That's part of going and reaching people and leading them to Jesus so they can make that decision to give their lives to Jesus. But then we have to take the next step, and that's leading those new believers in discipleship and training them how to live for Jesus. What does it mean to live for Jesus? How do we live for Jesus? And then also training them how to train others. And that's why at Love and Action we teach training for trainers because we want to train people, make disciples, in other words, and teach them how to make disciples themselves. That's what Jesus did. That's what the disciples and the apostles did. And that's how it's been all through the ages. One person teaches another and another and another and so forth. That's why we have the gospel still with us today. That's why we must continue so the gospel will continue until the day our Lord comes back. We are going to stop right there with the teaching, but I, I wanted to play a song for you, and it's, it's a popular song now. I'm sure you've heard it. If not, you really need to listen. Uh, it's by Cain, the group Cain, and it's called The Commission. And they really do a phenomenal job in this song about the Great Commission and about how we are to live it. So I, I'm going to play this song, The Commission, by Cain, and I encourage you to listen to the words and let it encourage you and minister to you. Just 
Such a powerful song. I just praise God that he gives us eternal life. He gives us instructions for this life, and he's coming back. He is coming back. You can count that. You can put that in the books, and it already is in the book. Read the Word of God, and you see that he is coming back. Please be encouraged to fill the Great Commission in your life. And if you're not a believer, I encourage you, and I'm praying for you, that you will be, and that you will give your life to Jesus Christ. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact me. My email address is ken.tuck at loveinactionministries.com. Ken.tuck at loveinactionministries.com. Our number at Love in Action is 334-494-4995. That's 334-494-4995. Well, I pray you have a great rest of the day. Y'all have a great week coming up. Remember, Jesus loves you. He loves you so much. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.